would sometimes go into a Macy's, which was the fucking worst because <laughs> Macy's is already a dying company. I feel like yeah, oh yeah, those kind yeah. of large department stores. So already, no one's going in there for anything, let alone to go into a gondola to get fucking makeup when they have a Sephora right up <laughs> next door. Like, be real. Do you wait? Wait. Do you remember Mervin's or was it Marvin's? Mervin's, I think, is what it was called. It was like a J.C. Penney's, like a Macy's. It was very similar. It sounds familiar, but I don't think we had any here in California. I don't know. I've never really seen any. I've, I'm just more familiar with Macy's. Sorry, I'm not going to prolong this much farther, but I am curious. <laughs> just your thoughts. Do you think there's any department store that could survive in like the Amazon day and age that we live in? Target, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, is that a de- is that like a department? I mean, it has clothes, appliances, food. Target's goaded. I mean, Target will never go out of business, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Target kind of has it all, just like how Amazon has it all. It's just tar- Target you go to and Amazon you. What about Nordstrom? Oh gosh, um, I don't think that's gonna. No, that's <laughs> you again, do not that's look an- convinced. No, no, that's another one. Um, I actually forgot about that one. It's definitely more higher which I guess is why it's lasting for as long as it is. But So give me, I don't know what makeup listeners I, I have listening to the podcast, but what is the absolute best makeup brand? Like what is the brand that you just go to? You trust them every time. If you had money, you would get them and only them. That's a good question. Um, So I haven't really played around with makeup a lot um, just because when I got into makeup like well when I was working at Sephora this was like in 2016 this was like peak you know makeup on fleek you know like that 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 Kylie Jenner look the heavy foundation the heavy contour the matte lipstick that was the trend the the you know super fleeky eyebrows and don't get me wrong I was I was with those trends too I was you know doing like a full face every day heavy well I didn't really wear heavy foundation I did a little bit on the lighter side but overall I did do heavy makeup I would say so nowadays the trend is you know pretty much no makeup as little makeup as possible if anything um, and I see more uh, like cream and cream based and liquid based makeup being used now just because it has so much like easier to use it's quicker it's more convenient everyone's just on the go I feel nowadays no one really has time to sit down their makeup although I do enjoy that but not everyone is like that just because it's um like a relaxing thing for me so in today's like trend what's a good or is there a good brand are they all just kind of the same if it's just like a a cream base or a liquid base I will say when I was working at Sephora the brand that I would go to almost always to get product from when I was doing like a full face of makeup would be makeup forever okay Makeup forever. Never heard of it. I don't know if I'll ever hear it. But hey, now I'm going to keep my eyes peeled and be like, hey, I know that brand. That's the only one I know. That's the one I'm going to get. So that one was just one I always went to. They lean, they're more towards, um, they do have like special effects, like legitimate special effects makeup products that they sell. Um, not at Sephora, of course, but that's more of like an online thing with them. Um, so that was really cool there because they were more into the special effects. I liked the way their makeup looked in photos. Like when I would do, you know, weddings and things like that, I would take that into consideration, like what looks good in photos, what doesn't. And I just found a lot of the products from makeup forever just looked the best. And that's why I just trusted it. Um, when in doubt, just go to that brand. That's what I would do. <laughs> Deal. 
There's the plug for Makeup Forever. They don't listen to this, but they just got a free plug. So that's good. Well, welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. This is, wait, I need you to like make sure I understand this correctly. Is this your first ever podcast you've ever been a part of? Yes. First ever. Yes. And we're we're going to be discussing, we're going to be doing a horror movie draft and we'll get into that. But the reason why I invited Natasha, which is great because you're just a sucker for horror films. Like I think you're the person that knows the most is invested the most, maybe is the most like cultish with horror. Like you are a horror person. I mean, I guess. I guess. <laughs> what What did you do for your birthday? Why don't you tell people what you did? And this will tell like everybody how much you actually love horror movies. Well, I went to Halloween Horror Nights. So Halloween Horror Nights is an event in um, Universal Studios. They have it in Universal Studios Hollywood and in Orlando. I've never been to the one in Orlando. I don't live in Florida nor have I ever been but it's like an event that they hold it's usually after hours so after the park closes during their normal business hours they set everything up for you know Halloween Horror Nights um it started at seven so and it it started at seven ended at two in the morning oh my god universal let's go (laughs) yeah yeah so they keep it open late which is you know unheard of because universal usually closes pretty early because they are doing filming and all of that good stuff is that actually why they close early because they close very early that's what they say i mean i don't see any other reason why they would want to close that early um it's you know they do have a lot of filming in session that makes sense i don't know why i've never thought about that it's pretty separate from the park I guess, but I, I don't know. Maybe they can still hear everything and they just need everything to be cleared out of all guests and everything. I would understand the tram, you know, the the bus tour being closed when they're doing filming. They've done that before where they would just skip an area because they say, oh, they're filming something. Everyone be quiet. And they just drive around it and skip that. They've changed so much with that, too. Like I went, what, a month ago, I think. Oh, what they changed? There's no there's no subway like that subway scene is the coolest scene throughout the bus tour where like the train falls through the subway. Oh, the earthquake scene. Yeah, like the earthquake scene. That's still there. They did Did not bring us through that. They did not bring us through it. Maybe they're filming something there. I don't know. They didn't even say that like we missed anything. Shit. They're like, just don't say anything and no one would say. Yeah. And I miss kind of the OG King Kong. And now they just have the 3D like weird like it's kind of it's cool. It's like immersive. But. I miss like the old big creature that they had as like an animatronic that apparently died in a fire. Is that is that what they said? Yeah, there was a big um, fire in the back lot, and that's why that entire stage was destroyed. And they had to rebuild it pretty much. And so they decided to rebuild it and do it more 3D because 3D is you know what's in and with the filming and stuff like that. So it was cool when it opened up because it really was in, you know, at the time. And it was kind of like a new thing to have such a large, you know, 3D screen area that you're in. It was not really heard of or seen. It was nice because it was new. But now it's like, okay, we're over it. All the rides are becoming more reliant on screens and like rather than the actual like animatronics and things around like the props in the ride, I guess you could say. Like with Universal specifically, I notice a trend that they just rely purely on like their rides with screens, like involving screens rather than an actual coaster, you know, so. We counted the rides. I believe there's only eight rides total at Universal Studios. 
it's pretty yeah it's that's disappointing to me i you pay <laughs> you pay more for universal studios than you do disneyland and no you do not yeah disney is 130 i believe it is and uh universal is 159 well did you get the um like the special pass where it allows you to go into nintendo world Oh, no. No. Did you have to pay for that? Is there an extra? We did go to Nintendo World, but we didn't pay for anything. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that was just a Halloween word, I think. Um, I haven't been to the new Nintendo expansion that they have there. I would love to go. Oh, you're giving me a thumbs down. Don't So the the wait time for that Mario, (laughs) for anybody (laughs) interested in going to Universal Studios, the wait time for that Mario ride was three hours. So we did single rider line, which was still probably like an hour and a half-ish, hour-ish. Oh, my goodness. And then when we got in it, you go like half a mile an hour, and it's like you put on these glasses and you shoot the screen. If you remember the Toy Story ride at Disneyland where you like put the glasses on, that's what you do, and you're like Like shooting shells. Yeah. It's kind of meant. It looks great, though. The entire Nintendo world, like they did a great job. It looks super immersive. I'm a Mario fan. Like I grew up. You're a big Mario fan, right? Mario Kart. Mario Kart, yeah, yeah. The ride is a Mario Kart ride, but it's not, I don't know. It's a little disappointing. I mean, I'll go just to go. I don't know if I'll wait three hours, though. That's a lot. I mean, that's your entire day at at Universal Studios. I mean, honestly, since they're closed so early. So, you know, wow, I didn't know it was that long. That's crazy. And I have heard that um, people don't like that ride because it is so slow. And people are saying, this is supposed to be Mario Kart. Why is this such a slow ride? Which I get it. They could have done so much with that. They could have made it like a legitimate, like intense roller coaster because it is Mario Kart. You're going fast. You're, you know, doing crazy maneuvers and stuff like that. So we don't know anything, though, Natasha. We don't know how to make rides, right? Like, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, know, we don't know. We don't know what people we want. We don't know any better. We don't know what the yeah yeah what the public. We're not wants. part of the general public. What are you talking yeah. about? Well, okay, so go to Universal Studios for the horror night, but maybe not Super Mario. I mean, check it out, I guess. If it costs, I would say no, but if it's free, check it out. I do have a question to kind of like propel our conversation into this horror movie draft. You being a massive fan of horror movies, I have no idea how you like watching movies. I don't know what your taste is with theaters or streaming or snacks, but what is the perfect environment for a horror movie? And don't mention any of your favorite horror films because they might be on the list and we don't want to sway anybody into thinking what you're going to pick. Um, I guess for me personally, I mean, I as much as I enjoy watching horror movies on my own, especially because I have such a, my interest is very like all over the place. You know, I like a bunch of different things. So I choose things very randomly. And if someone was with me, they'd be like, why are you choosing that? I don't want to watch that. Like, this is boring. And I just want to, be by myself watching this one movie I chose for some weird reason and just enjoy it or not enjoy it in peace. <laughs> no opinions coming at you. Exactly. I'm just like, I just ri- my brain said choose this and I'm choosing it. Don't question me. I just want to watch this. <laughs> That's fair. But I really do enjoy movie uh, watching horror movies in like a group setting, especially with really close friends, um, drinking, maybe even smoking, um, just setting that vibe and then going straight into either. So with with a group of friends, I have to either watch a really, really corny movie, something that we know is going to be garbage, just so we can laugh about it. Or it has to be something legitimately creepy that would actually make us scared. Nothing in between. It has to be one or the other when I'm in that group setting with my friends. And we're 
slightly not sober. That's a day. Hey, that's a good. That's a good like equation. Good new. You know, good ingredients yeah. for a horror movie night. Do you have any particular snacks that you refer to when you're watching movies, let alone horror movies? Um, I mean, I don't have particular snacks for horror movies. I guess you know, try to bring out like the spooky treats, like anything that's Halloween um, themed. You know, like the snacks that come out that are Halloween themed, like the Halloween Oreos, for example, things like that. Um, I guess that would fit, but I mean, honestly, I'm snacks are snacks for me. Um, I'll go for anything spicy, hot Cheetos. So, do you have to be picking at something while you're watching movies? I because I do. Like, I like having something like to kind of like almost keep me occupied while I'm entertained. It's like a weird combination. So the thing with that is, when I'm watching a movie, I don't have to be picking at something. When I'm picking at something, I have to be watching something. Does that make sense? Yes, that's fair. Okay, you're already entertained. You don't need something else. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Like, what are the scariest types of horror movies? Like slasher, demonic, you know, vacation setting, period piece, historical. Like, what is your scariest type of horror movie? For me personally, um, alien movies—they just freak me out. Um, those are the ones that I really have to watch, um, not carefully, but I have to not overwhelm myself with too many alien things at once because they do kind of freak me out. So I have to take my time with those. Um, only because you know, I honestly don't know what it is. People say um, it's maybe because they could be real. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like the ghost movies could be real. The demonic movies could be real, too. Like those are still kind of up in the air things as well. So those don't freak me out like alien movies do. Maybe it's um, also the look of the alien, too. Usually when they show the alien and it and it does look legitimately creepy, that will freak me out. Um, like the lengthy, long bodies, the large eyes. Almost like where they're not like logically formed like you, you can't yes. really place you're like wait a second have you seen the ritual I've, has that ever crossed your movie path i have not seen the ritual okay so i had Evan on here and he brought up five movies that were like that have stuck with him and that was one of them so i went home and i watched it and i'm not going to spoil anything besides the fact that this this entity whatever is revealed is not logically explained like you you can't like look at it and say I get what you look like. You you were so uncomfortable with the way it looked. So if you're afraid of creatures, aliens, monsters, that might be one. I mean, quality is different story, but... With monsters, I'm actually pretty picky. So yeah, it takes a lot to really make me freaked out. I guess the less you show, the creepier it is. I always say if it's showing the monster, I feel like it kind of ruins it for me. But when it comes to alien movies, sometimes they will show them... Usually it's for a glance, I guess you could say, but it just creeps me out. The less I see, the creepier it is. That's fair. I almost feel like more sound, less visuals. Like just creep me out yes. with sounds that I'm trying to like imagine yes. where it is and look for oh it. Oh my God. That reminds me of a movie, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I wish everybody could see you because you're, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. That is great. What was your first imp like uh, first movie that you watched with aliens? What was the first movie that like scarred you where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't like aliens in movies. Fine. <laughs> Honestly, yes. I think that was everyone. Me too. Me too. <laughs> that movie creeps me out still to this day. I'm 27 years old and that movie creeps me out. Yes. I actually watched it recently um, because I was like, you know what? Let me watch it because I want to see if this is still really creepy or if it's just because I was little. Um, and no, it was it was 
creepy. Um, even watching it now, I'm like, holy shit, how did I watch that when I was this young? Like, it's creepy to me now. Like, how was I feeling back then? <laughs> when you see the alien on the TV, that is the like, that is the most frightening thing I could see at, at the kid's birthday party. And that was for Grimm. So they didn't, you know, focus too much on showing like the monster, um, any details on it. And I guess also maybe because when they do show the monster a lot, they have to rely on making it look as real as possible. So relying heavily on the CG effects and things like that. And that's what makes it look more fake and more like, oh, I'm not really scared anymore. I agree. The, lo- the longer you can look at something, the harder it gets to believe that it's actually scary or real. So yeah, that's a good point. I like that you said that. All right, well, we do movie news on this podcast. I, I know you haven't been on. This is your first podcast. I don't even know if you listen to the podcast, but- I don't know movie news. So I, I have some movie news. Don't worry. I got you. you did, I'm, not, I'm not relying on, I'm like, Natasha, hey, what are some movie news? Hey, huh? what's the movie news? <laughs> Tell me now. <laughs> uh, movie news. So for anybody who's, Big, you know, Batman fans. Uh, I know we had Robert Pattinson's The Batman that came out two years ago or last year. Yeah, last year. And acclaimed actor, Paul Dano, who's one of my favorites. I would highly recommend him to anybody who doesn't really care for um, actors in movies. But he played the Riddler and it was reported that he filmed 70 to 80 takes um, during the last interaction between the Riddler and Batman in that film because he was obsessed with trying new things. And he kept saying, hey, let's try something different. Let's be new. So director Matt Reeves over two days said, let's just try it all. And so they did 70 to 80 takes, um, phenomenal performance. And Dano, Paul Dano would ask the director, he'd be like, was that crazy? Was that too much? And that kind of just shows how like invested he is, method acting. Um, but also, you know, the Batman did well enough because of those type of performances that we're getting another one. So are you, I know we're talking horror, but are you a superhero movie fan? Are you not into that world at all? Um, I'm into it. I'm not like into it, like comparing it to the comics, like that kind of into it because I've never really read the comics. So I have nothing to compare it to, but I do enjoy the movies that come out. I guess you could say I lean more towards Marvel purely because of the quality of the movies, not because of like the actual stories themselves. Like I like the superheroes in Marvel more than the superheroes in DC. I think it's just obviously because I have not read the comics, I'm basing it off purely on the movies that have been out and Marvel is just more enjoyable for me than the DC movies. That's a, I felt like you said that so kindly. Like, let's be honest here, Natasha. 99% of us who go to the movies to watch Marvel or DC don't know anything about the comics. We like to say that we do, but we really don't. Everybody's going there and they're like, is this going to be entertaining? Yes or no? Yeah. So I, you were so gracious in like saying, hey, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the comics, but I like the movies. I'm in the same boat. I'm, I don't know offend anything about the comics. great fans out there, you know. So. You offended many. <laughs> you offended many. No, just kidding. Do you have a favorite Marvel film? You're you're more on the side of Marvel. Did you like really enjoy one over the others? So I'm actually kind of behind. I need to keep up with the newest ones. Actually, I need to follow up from the newest um, Doctor Strange and then forward on. That's how behind I am. So I've not seen anything since then. But from the ones that I've seen, um, I actually, well, I love Spider-Man just because my okay so my brother is very into super superheroes so he's very into batman very into superman he was also very into spider-man 
And we actually had a lot of the Batman movies on VHS. So I've actually seen a lot of the Batman movies. And I was actually going to ask you how you liked the Riddler compared to when Jim Carrey did it. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one, but... Of course. Yeah, of course. I grew, I grew up on those campy Batman movies with <laughs> yes. Val Kilmer and the one with George Clooney. They're, they're, they're bad, but they're good. You know, you enjoy them at the same time. They're so different. Like, did you watch the newest Batman, by the way? Um, the one with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, okay. So yeah, as you know, like they're so different. Like Paul Dano is so serious and dark and like kind of eerie just in such a weird way. And then Jim Carrey is just so obnoxious, but witty and intelligent. And they're just so different. But I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey. Like Jim Carrey is one of my favorite all-time actors because he can do both like funny, exceptionally funny, and then exceptionally emotional. Like he does some really low-end films. I liked Paul Dano, I think I'm going to say, just because that fits my style of like dark, eerie, gritty, rather than the like rambunctious, energetic. But if you put Jim Carrey in a movie today as the Riddler, I think he could do it different. Okay. Okay. I've actually, I feel bad. I've not never seen Jim Carrey in like a serious role. I've only ever seen him in like goofy roles. I heard he does do a great serious role. So that's why I feel bad that I've never seen any of his serious <laughs> roles. They're also not talked about enough. Like you have, for anybody who hasn't, because I'm sure there, there are people out there, you know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a game changer. Changed my entire life. Changed the way I looked at movies. Am I going to cry? Yeah, you will. And then you have the, <laughs> the Truman Show, which is very good. Those two are just like top tier, probably like top 50, top 75 all time for me. Oh, okay. I have heard those two are great. So Spider-Man. Are we going with that? Is that... Spider-Man, yes. Sorry. We trailed way off. You're I, good. That's You're, I'm bringing how it my back. brain works. So. I'm bringing it back. No, we're good. You have good. to bring it back for me. I'll trail up, but you got to bring it back for me. So No, I'm ready for this horror movie draft. Are you ready? I'm ready. So for anybody who hasn't been involved with a, a horror draft, or a movie draft, I should say, so the way that I like to do it is we have obtained, or we put down on the list, 20 movies... 20 movies that I have kind of looked at different lists and just kind of accumulated as 20 of the most like prolific horror movies of all time. Doesn't mean they're the best. Doesn't mean they're the worst. They're just kind of the ones that everybody knows about. So I took this list of 20. Natasha and I will be able to pick seven each, but we have to go in order. Like we can't just like pick them and then share our picks. And then every time we pick one, it's going to be taken off the list. So the other person can't have it. So at the end, we will say our list. We'll ask anybody to tell us which one is better which one is worse but let me share these movies and then we can go from there okay so we have the exorcist 1973 any movie that i list with a year just want everybody to know it's the original and not the remakes because there are plenty of those so we have the exorcist 1973 the shining the texas chainsaw massacre 1974 alien from 1979 psycho which i just watched yesterday rosemary's baby Halloween, 1978, my man John Carpenter, Jaws, Suspiria, 1977, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, Hereditary, The Silence of the Lambs, The Conjuring, Hellraiser from 1987, Scream from 1996, Saw, The Thing, The Ring from 1998, Friday the 13th, and Night of the Living Dead. You are the horror person. Did I substantially miss something that like needed to be on this list? Actually, that was a pretty good list. 
That's a good question. I didn't really look to see if there's anything missing. Um, like 20s hard, you know, 20s difficult. Yeah, no, I mean, because you listed all the classics, you know, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Those are all classics for me. I want everybody to take note. This is what she's going to be picking. So everyone that she's mentioning, she's going to be like, hey, this is on my list. Stop. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going to use I'm going to use my phone to flip a coin. So tell me what side you want to go first. Okay. Wait. Am I going to be listing like the one that's the first one, like based on how much I like it or? Yeah, there's no guidelines. I would just say whatever you you want and you you know you fear that it's going to be taken if it doesn't get taken you know it's something that you just need on your list i would go by any strategy you want but this is not like a ranking system it's more grabbing the ones that we can when we can so i'll do tails tails okay hey siri flip a coin you're not flipping an actual coin it's tails oh yay okay i don't have a coin on me yeah I, this is technology <laughs> we were talking about how technology's taken over this is it right we here. just flipped a virtual coin <laughs> have you never done that have you never asked your no. phone to do that well there you go that reminds me there's um like a gadget you can get in one of the pokemon games that will allow you to flip a coin virtually like that and it's like a little magic coin we should have used that why am i using my phone that's boring i don't know why you you I held to out find on me. which game that has it in but I already know what you're going to pick, but, you know, let's go. Oh, okay. I want to know. I want to see if you're going to get it right. I mean, your favorite horror movie of all time is The Exorcist, 1973. I would imagine you're going to pick that. I don't know. Yes. I mean, okay. Okay. You're right. (laughs) Okay. So that's off the list. Tell me, talk to me about The Exorcist without spoiling it. I haven't seen it yet. So tell me about it. Without spoiling it. Um, Me, personally, the reason why I enjoy it so much, I think it's just because... Um, it was kind of a first of its, you know, kind at the time, you know, in 1973, the scenes that are in the movie, some of them are pretty like graphic. I mean, in today's day, it's like whatever, you know, but I feel like for 1973, it's like, holy shit, like watching that in theaters, I would have loved to be sitting in that theater in 1973 just to see everyone's reaction to the movie because apparently according to you know the news that you can read on it they had to it the movie was banned in a lot of places um people were leaving the theater early vomiting in the theater passing out in theaters um i heard someone had a miscarriage that's probably what? you know just someone just making up shit but i heard a couple i heard a couple of miscarriages happened when pregnant women would watch the movie wow there's no way there's no way but yeah i don't know about that but that is wild Uh, the passing out the vomiting okay yeah i get it the miscarriage that's that's pretty crazy I almost wish we had that type of hype today for a horror like we don't have that anymore like because everything's been done you know? Yeah, that's that's a good point. There's no more shock factor, I feel. Uh, I don't know. I think there's some out there. I mean, when you watch these classic films, like I don't know about The Exorcist because I haven't seen it, but I, I just watched Psycho yesterday and that film is very old. Don't get me wrong, but there's so many elements that hold up where I'm like, whoa, that's really good. But I can't imagine like the experience of being there, but nor also the experience of that coming out today. I just don't know what that would look like because me growing up in horror film and you growing up with horror films has always been like, 
hey, we're going to like watch it with a group of friends and like it's going to be fun and kind of spooky, but it's not like a world event of people talking about throwing up. And yeah, I, I just don't see that often, I guess. Exactly. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons why I enjoy this movie so much. Not because, you know, it's also a good movie to watch as well. Um, I will say for a lot of people, they would say it's like a slow burner, you know, especially with the horror movies that we're used to today. Like people can get a little impatient and not really enjoy the movie. It also just might be our form of content. Like we watch two and a half minute videos now. We don't watch two hour movies or yeah, our attention span is not there it's, anymore. It's not there anymore. It really isn't. We're like, like okay, I think boop, next. We're in the swipe game right now. We just we every yes. three seconds you have not yeah, even how that. Do I swipe so you... to the the killing scene in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you spoiling it? No, just kidding. Okay, so The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Okay, that's a good pick. This is for my own sake, but also because I know you would take this at some point. I'm going to take Halloween, John Carpenter, 1978. That is actually not on my list. Perfect. This is great then. I, I, I needed it. I need This is my favorite horror movie of all time. There you go. You get your all-time favorite. I get my all-time favorite. Yeah. See, we're, we're friends. We're nice to each other. This is Teamwork. how it works. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork in a draft list that we're competing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, this, this movie, like... I've watched this with people who have never seen it before and they are so unamused. Like they do not like this film. They're just like, why did you show me this? This is not it. And I get that. Like, honestly, it is so campy. The scenes are repetitive. Like there's so much about it that isn't entertaining. But then again, there's such an element there that is horrific and it's original and it's just like groundbreaking in the way that they introduced kind of this modern day slasher and... Having him be so slow, non-threatening, you don't see any expression in his face. It's just the mask. Like but he still that, somehow gets you. He he gets you every time. It's he's memorable, and I know he's a little bit superficial as the the movies go on, and that's why I like sticking to the first one, maybe even the second one, and then 2018 because I don't like his story when it gets a little superficial. But this movie alone, like just a standalone horror movie, is one of the greatest of all time. It's about supernatural. Supernatural, yeah, not superficial. Supernatural. Yeah. I was like, wait, I think you mean supernatural. Yeah, but supernatural. It's okay. I know I knew what you meant. It's okay. See, teamwork again. I knew what you meant. Teamwork. But yes, I agree. I do agree that they did make him a little bit more on the supernatural side because, I mean, how the fuck are you going to kill this guy? Everything has happened to him and he is still going and just... Can we list off some of those things? Like, he's had his... He's had his head driven by like his like a car driving through his his head, okay, literally decapitating him. He's been shot multiple times. He's been stabbed been multiple, multiple times. times. He's been melted in a house fire. Like I was about to say, he melted. <laughs> I don't know what else. Like, and he's still using the same mask apparently because you know in the new Halloween you can see. I don't know if you noticed that um, in the first movie when she stabs him in the neck with the little pin, like the sewing needle pin. In the new movie, the mask still has the hole where the sewing needle pin was, you know, stabbed him in. So I don't know if you noticed that. I did not. Apparently, that is great. he's still wearing the same fucking mask as well. Well, for anybody who has finished the new ones, um, I don't think it, I don't think the franchise is over. That's all I'm saying. Whether Jamie Lee Curtis is done or not. I just, it's Michael Myers. It's like James Bond. He's never going away, no matter how much you do or do not want him to go away. You think they're going to keep going? 
I think they make too much money not to. I, I think it's a business, unfortunately. And, yeah, I don't want them to. Thing. Like my personal take is I do not, absolutely do not want them to, but I just think they will. That's so true. Even with the people who are like, oh, I know it's going to be dumb, but I'm still going to see it anyways because it's Halloween. That's where they're really, you know, getting that money. Because whether yeah. you know it's going to be good or not, you're still going to pay to go see it because of the name behind it. It's Halloween. Exactly. Everybody knows this movie. What a great marketing tool, John Carpenter. You're like, oh, by the right? way, what movie do you want to watch on the holiday? Yes. Well, you know, I feel the same goes with anything remade, especially like with games. For example, I'm a huge Pokemon fan. They're remaking a lot of the Pokemon games. You know, like they remade the first, the very first Pokemon game. Like, like let's go Pikachu. They made it more leaning towards Pokemon Go and then a mixture of the first generation game. But I mean, because they know it's going to sell. Like, I, I'm going to buy it. Take my money. I'm an adult with money. <laughs> I, I know I played the game. Do you with- like it though? Like, is it as good? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's. But it, that's just me. Pokemon is going to be Pokemon for me. So yeah. I'm going to spend my money like an idiot. I will. So That's honestly a good... That's a good analogy, though. I will spend money to see every new Halloween, regardless of how shitty it is. There you like, go. That's, uh, yeah, you, you nailed it. That is and exactly And those are me. the people they're relying on to keep this franchise going. I'm one. I'm, I'm <laughs> saving this franchise. I have saved Halloween. All right, what's number two on your list? Okay, um, number two... um. Okay, I'm going to take this one. Oh, I don't know if you maybe would even pick it, but I'm going to say The Ring. Okay, nice. Talk to me about this. This was, I feel like this was our childhood horror movies. Like The Ring and you had like Saw, like that was kind of in the realm of us growing up as kids, I feel like. Funny story about, okay, well, well first of all, I'm dumb because I didn't realize that The Ring was made in 1998. I thought it was like early 2000s. I think there is a remake. There might be a remake. Oh, wait. Okay. So then which ring are you talking about then? That is the original, I believe, the 1998. And it might be like in the a Japanese different, version? It might be in a different language. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then shit. There you go. I mean, it, you could still put it down. We can have the 2000s version. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do that. Because I feel like not a lot of people have seen that. I, I have seen the Japanese version. I have. I've not seen the original. I've seen the 2000s one. Yeah, I've seen the original. I mean, I'll talk about it too if you want. I do love the Japanese originals for the ring and for the grudge the grudge that's another one that came out while we were kids oh we should have put that on the list yeah talk to me about the (laughs) ring the 2000s version the one that made you want to put number two on this list tell me about that one like what what kind of drew you to that type of horror i think because that one is what is the movie that scared me the most out of any movie i've ever seen including the alien movies that freaked me out wow i did not know this let's go and I don't know, it's like, now that I watch it, obviously, it's like, whatever. But back then, okay, so when I first saw that movie, I was actually um, overseas. I'm in a military family, so we've been overseas a lot. At this time, I was living in Europe, in Denmark. Um, we were not living in the U.S., so a lot of these um, U.S. movies were coming out, and so they would send, like, these little tapes to the Marines specifically of, like, you know, movies that were coming out in the U.S., and some of them were not even out yet, so we would watch them, like, super early, um, and they'd be in this, like, these like, weird little cassette thingies. I don't know. It was weird. I was young, and I just knew that they got really great movies all the time, so <laughs> we would go and borrow the movies and take them back home, and we would watch them, and so my parents brought home the ring one time 
And mind you, these movies are not out yet. There's no photos or anything on the cassette. It just simply says the name printed on there. It says The Ring. So we put it on. Me, I'm thinking this was going to be a wedding movie. As funny as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Ring, The Proposal, it, it all fit in the same world. Yeah. Exactly. I had no idea it was going to be a scary movie. I, But I mean, I love scary movies. Um, Were your parents chill with it? Were they just watching it with you as this scary movie is going on yes my parents let us watch a lot of things when we were way too young to watch them um i like to blame it on the fact that they just didn't know any better but (laughs) yeah we watched a lot of stuff that we probably shouldn't have watched when we were that age that is a great story i've i've never even heard of like the scenario i've obviously you hear about bases and like being in areas that like you have American food on the base, but then outside of the base, you can't find American food anywhere because it's like shipped to them. So I've heard about that. But when it comes to movies, I've never even thought of like a blank slate. You just say, oh, this is a new movie in the US. Cool. Let's pop it in. Let's just see what it is without even knowing a single thing about it. Nothing. And that's the the majority of our movie nights when we were overseas. We would just pop in movies um, and just watch them. And you know what? The Exorcist was one of those movies, even though it was an older one. It was one of the movies that they had at the, you know, base wherever they had for the Marines. They were, these were people who were working in the American embassy, by the way. So they all lived in like the same like compound area and stuff like that. So yeah, we watched The Exorcist. At the time that I watched The Exorcist, I was a lot younger and I was living in, we were living in Africa at the time. And I remember very clearly we were in our little basement in their little um, movies studio setup that we had there in the basement and that's where we watched it and another movie that I feel I was way too young to watch but um that one my parents were a little bit about only because they're very religious at one point I think they almost wanted to turn off the movie and just call it quits but we just watched the whole thing so horror movies in Africa in the basement of some, you know, military base. That sounds like the horror environment. You should have said that at the very beginning because that sounds like the perfect horror movie environment I've ever heard of. All right, The Ring, 2000 and I think it's 2002, 2003. I can't remember, but that version, we do have the original on the list as well, just for anybody who likes it. We'll just pair those together. Yeah, there you go. Maybe this is recency bias. I'm going with Psycho at number two. This, I haven't even reviewed this yet at the time of this recording. That movie was really well made. Alfred Hitchcock is a genius. That's 1960, black and white. I don't even know. I haven't even searched who plays Norman Bates, but he did a great job. Like I felt he was so authentic. He wasn't stagey at all, like an actor. And kind of you, you kind of get that in these old movies. Like they feel a little stagey. And he was so just normal and organic and creepy and weird. And the story kind of it kind of leads you as like down this false path for the first half of the film. And then you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? And then it starts a new story. And that right there was where I was like, yeah, this is a really enjoyable horror movie. So Psycho on my list. I'm putting it number two. So just so you can't grab it, you know, I need to make sure I have that on my list. Classic. It wasn't on my list only because I feel like I have to freshen my memory with that one and rewatch it. It's been a good minute and I have not watched it a lot either. So definitely need to go. But I do agree on his acting. That was definitely something I noticed, too, just because I have seen a lot of, you know, older movies and the acting doesn't really seem so authentic, like 
his did. So I will say, and maybe you can empathize because you went yesterday, I believe. Uh, I was thinking about the universal lot that entire time. I was like, wow, this like this is the one thing I see yes. every time I go on that bus tour is the Bates Motel with the house behind it. And I was thinking about it while I was watching like, wait, wow, that is it. That's we literally it right it. there. You got to go in the motel rooms? No, but they themed it with the um, the little exterminator thing that they were doing. Oh, um, okay. So it was just like people like laying dead on the floor with like cockroaches all over them because... The humans are the ones getting exterminated now. We're the true pests of the earth. That's what that was their whole like advertising there. That was a great advertising voice, by the way. You did a great job like switching from Natasha to Universal Studios marketing agency. Hey, I'm trying to get my voice acting career out there, you know. So Who can help? Let's let's get let's make this happen. Let's make this happen right now. I just want you to remember this lonely little podcast called After Credits when you get big and famous with voice work. So Oh, of course, of course. All right, what do we got? Number three. Yes. Okay, number three. Um, I'm gonna do Suspiria as number three. Nice. Let's go. Yeah. And I know you put the OG, which I'm glad. I did watch the remake. The remake was not bad. I'm glad that they didn't, you know, completely embarrass the original. I guess. <laughs> Luca, so the filmmaker behind that film is one of my favorites. He is such a great filmmaker. Like he makes super organic, authentic films. Like they're not oversaturated with special effects or anything. And so, and he leans on, I don't know how the score is, like how the music is in that film, but he leans heavily or heavy on his music. So did he do a good job like living up to the eeriness of that film? But um, the music wasn't bad in the film. Um, the cinematography was, I, I did enjoy that too. And I was glad that they kept that kind of, you know, going. Because the cinematography in the first one is great. Um, the colors that they used, um, even just like specifying the characters. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like, <clears throat> in the beginning of the uh, original one, like when it shows a few of the bad people that you notice that are they're bad, you know, in the end of the movie. Um, they have certain things like lighting, um, like background lighting going on. At one point, one of them was like a really harsh, like red. And then it's just like, you look at that. And I think I even had someone watch the movie and, and he noticed that <clears throat> as well, because he's very into that, you know, whole cinematography thing. And he was like, oh, that's the bad guy. And I looked at him and I was like, what? And I had already seen the movie and I knew she's the bad guy. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, look at the way they did. They use the lighting and the scene and like how it's specifically angled here and stuff like that. And I was just like, I hate you. <laughs> I <was laughs> trying to like have it be a surprise. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's when you introduce a movie to somebody that you're so excited. You're like dying for them to watch. And within two minutes, they're like, oh, by the way, I know how this ends. I can tell. And they tell you and you're like, wait, I can't lie to you and say that's not how it ends. But I also don't want to admit to that. Like, stop. Just watch the movie. Exactly. Exactly. I know. And oh, oh my goodness. There when people ask so many questions during a movie, like, well, why did he do that? Well, does this mean that this, this and that? And I'm like, oh, my God, stop. Just watch the movie. Because like, because my you can read things so easily on my face. That's why I hate when they ask me questions. You're doing yourself a favor. You don't yeah. want to ruin it for anybody. No, that's exactly. Fair. I will say Suspiria, the music in the original is phenomenal Shut that is kiss. that's the best part of that film in my opinion i do like the color sequences they look amazing did you know that all those sets are were made i'm glad they were like it's they just they were gorgeous every bit of that was was gorgeous it was hard for me like i was trying to piece things together 
And they do a good job of staying a little bit on the ambiguous side. So you're kind of guessing the whole time, but they lead it, you know, to a point where you're like, oh, okay, now I see. So you're not like done halfway through like, oh, another horror movie that has the same tropes and the same rhythm. Because sometimes that happens nowadays. Like if I watch a modern day horror movie, I'm like, all right, yeah, I I see what's happening here. And it kind of gets, I don't know, I would say boring is the word, but maybe mundane. No, agreed. The Exorcist, The Ring, and Suspiria. Okay, this is where it starts getting tricky. All right, let's go with, I'm scared you're going to pick one on my list that I'm hoping you won't, and I'm saving that one. But I'm going to go with Hereditary. I'll do that one. Oh, I, I figured you would pick that one. It's on my list, but it's okay. I have some backups. Yeah, this is, so Halloween is my favorite horror film, but Hereditary is what I believe to be the best horror film. So I I love this movie. I think it's incredibly underutilized and underrated. I think people talk about it because it's like pop culture, but I think in the film world, it's not respected as much as I think it should be. Like Toni Collette, who plays the mother, does an incredible job. Like she is the most convincing person. Oh my goodness. She was amazing. Every bit of emotion, every bit of reaction, all of the practical effects, like anxiety. Yes. The buildup. Like, oh my God, it was so good. So good. Yeah. And that, okay, so that was the movie that I was going to bring up where they, it's just purely visual and there's no sound. So, for example, when the boy, oh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but when the boy wakes up at the end, you know, when he gets knocked out. His dad's dead. Everyone's, you know, whatever. Um, and then his mom, you can just see her in the corner of the room and it's just dark. Yes. And there's no sound, no nothing. And it's just showing that scene and you can see her. And then all of a sudden she crawls away and still no sound, no nothing. And it's just absolutely fucking terrifying. <laughs> yes. And those are the scenes that I need in horror. Ari Aster might be a little ahead of himself right now with Bo is Afraid, but that right there was somebody taking a risk in horror that people don't typically like. They're going to kind of judge a little bit until they watch the entire story unfold. And then they say, yeah, that was good. So Hereditary is phenomenal. I would recommend it to everybody. It had the shock factor, too. I know I said there's not a lot of shock factor anymore nowadays, but this one, it did have the shock factor. Oh, it did. It did. Yes, it fucking did. So bravo with that as well. All right. We're on to four. I'm, I'm liking my list. I feel very good. I haven't like had some cringe in myself like, oh, she picked one that I really needed. Is that happening right now? No. That, well, you only so far you've only picked one from my list. So I'm not worried. Uh, we're doing we're doing so so good so far. Um, I think I'm gonna do Jaws. Damn it! Okay, this is where it starts. Oh, <laughs> this is where it starts. All right. I was I was thinking about picking Jaws last time around. I was like, ah, I can't. Okay, no, Jaws is one I really wanted. That's a good one. Okay. Yes, I actually just recently watched it the other day. Um, I don't know if you saw. I put it. I put my reviews in on on Letterbox. Not because I saw it for the first time, but just because um, I'm just still remembering movies that I've seen and I'm just slowly adding them into my Letterbox account just so I can keep them all in that little safe collection that I'm having and holding in my hands physically right here. Nobody nobody could see this, but Natasha's literally cupping her hands to the sky, almost like she's asking some universal energy to provide something for her. And <laughs> Give me the good collection here. Um, okay, so I chose Jaws. I did watch it recently. Um, it's just a classic and like 
comfort movie of mine, I guess you could say. There are a lot of horror movies that are comfort movies of mine, weirdly enough. Um, Midsommar being another one. I don't. That's not on the list, right? No, it's not. No, on the it's list. not. Okay. okay, I got I got scared a little bit there. But yeah, Jaws. I enjoy that movie. I like the story behind it. Uh, you know how Bruce, the OG shark, he completely failed in the water when they started filming, um, and so it delayed the film. And I think. I want to say the film was actually supposed to be released in December, right? Yeah, that's correct. Like near, yeah. And then so because of the, of the delay, it had it released more towards the summertime, which was fucking perfect. It you was know? perfect. Could not be more perfect. Yeah. It's like the one movie that will play during Halloween time and during the summertime. I said this on my last horror episode where we talked about the the movies that just, they stick with us. And Jaws was on my list because- I have been afraid of sharks ever since I was a kid because I saw Jaws as a kid. I saw it when I was young. And even though, like, Jaws weaponized the shark. Like, they literally weaponized the great white shark. Great white sharks, yeah, they're naturally dangerous, but not in the sense that these movies made them out to be. Yeah, they're not actively hunting for humans and things like that. Like, there's another movie where um, it was involving... I want to say an animal and it just made everyone just absolutely terrified of that animal but i don't know i have to be if it was of... crawl i promised you the alligators weren't that scary <laughs> no i'm like i don't know what crawl is that's a good thing i promise you don't want to know if my buddy austin is listening to this it's uh it, it was a date night between him and me and we went there together as a bro date and it was God awful, but so fun in the same breath. So, oh, so he took you there just so on purpose because he wanted you to have, like, you know, lean on him and hold on to his arm and, you know, be all need someone to hold on to during the scary movies. You nailed it. I, you nailed I know it. That trick. All right. So, you have that you got a good pick out of me. I'm a little sad about that one, but it's okay. I'm going to pick arguably the greatest villain ever in Silence of the Lamb. I am a big fan of Hannibal Lecter. I think this film just, it bridges the gap between like a little bit fantastical and then very real. Like it kind of mixes those a little bit. And they made so many of these. I don't think, I believe it's called The Red Dragon is one of the sequels. And that one's really well made, but I don't think anybody knows that that's associated with this franchise. But I just think this, Hannibal Lecter is the best villain. Like I just love him. I think he's He's so brilliant. The way he was written up was intellectual. He just had this stare. Like he had no emotion. He was so calm every every time he's talking to somebody. And he, he was just so witty. So I like that film a lot. I haven't seen it in a while. So I'd like to revisit it. But I will put that one on my list. That was another movie that I feel like I watched when I was way too young. I actually think that was another movie that we took from, you know, the little collection, movie collection. Okay. Yeah, a lot of horror movies at the base. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, because I I think it was me, honestly. I love horror movies. My mom loves horror movies. Um, she doesn't like to admit it, but when she was younger, she was super into horror movies. So now that she's more of, you know, um, she's a good religious woman. So she doesn't really like to watch uh, horror movies too much. She still will, but she doesn't like to delve too deep into it, especially if it's like during Christmas time or anything like that. She's like, I don't want to bring evil into my life during this period. You know, she's, you know, I think many people feel that actually, like they, they deliberately don't watch horror movies because of that element, which, Hey, if anybody falls into that, by all means, I don't judge you, but like, 
that is an interesting mindset to almost like give in to these films that are literally made on studio sets. Like they're contextualized through stories that filmmakers put together. Like they are scary. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here like they're not. But to bind those two factors is a is a fascinating conversation. All right. Are you going to ruin me again? Which which one are you going to pick here? I, I just I already know. I already know you're going to ruin me. That was a good pick, but it was not on my list. So I'm going to say, oh, I was about to say, oh, Hellraiser. I have not seen Hellraiser. So this was like a this was like a get out of jail free card for me. Um, there's a specific scene in this movie that I absolutely love. I, that sounds funny because it's like a really gross scene. Well, I don't want to like spoil it for you or any. Are you going to watch it? Or I will definitely watch it at some point. Trying to describe the scene without spoiling it. Tell me who this per- who is this pinhead person? Who is this? Like, do I need to? Is that a spoiler? Like, should I not know who that is going in? It won't make sense if I try to describe it. I feel it has something to do with like a cube and then like. Did you watch the remake this last year? Oh no, I have not actually. But I have not heard good or bad things about it either. So it's kind of just I have no idea about anything about it. So I'm not opposed to watching it. Um, you know, I'm not the greatest fan of remakes when it comes to like really good horror movies that it's like, okay, why are we re- remaking it? What's the need? Again, I'm going to spend my money to watch that because I'm that stupid person that's going to. <laughs> it seems like you give horror films the benefit of the doubt. Like you, I feel like you watch campy horror films and you find things to truly enjoy in those films where maybe the mass audience wants, you know, a crowd pleaser horror movie. I don't know. Did you see Talk to Me? You didn't like Talk to Me much, did you? Um, I I did see Talk to Me. I enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it was way overhyped. Um, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was a bad movie by all means. Um, it was definitely something new. I've never really seen anything like that. I liked the idea of this like activity they were going to as like a like an addictive substance. You know, like you're going through some sort of high. And it seemed like she was, you know, when she was doing the thing. Her character irritated me. She, oh my God, she bugged the shit out of me. And then like the acting, her acting, I guess, kind of bugged me too. And I don't know. I just felt like I went in with super high expectations. And I hate that I did that, but I did. And so that's why it wasn't, you know, as great as I felt like it could have been. I I appreciate that critical feedback though. Because I feel like most people, I mean, this has raving reviews, you know, every there's a lot of high talk about it. I think I gave it like a three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. So yeah, it wasn't like phenomenal, but like I think people are watching it saying this is the best horror film since Hereditary. And in my mind, I almost think that's easy to get caught up in. And so whether you love it that much or not, I just think there's a there's kind of a, a respect for explaining why you love it or explaining why maybe you had some qualms or what bothered you at certain moments. And so that tells me that you actually felt the way that you're saying you feel about a movie. I think um, I understand why people were were saying, oh, it's the greatest one like of all time, because again, it's like it it was something kind of different, something kind of new. All right. I got to pick my fifth and I'm I'm a little scared here. Okay, I I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to I'm going to keep it OG. There's, there's a reason why we have 20 films on this list and not all of their franchises or all of their sequels. I'm going to pick Scream, the original from 1996. This is, in my opinion, like the most entertaining horror film to watch with a group who have never seen it. Like if they've never seen Scream, 
it is dated to the 90s but that's not a bad thing like there's like just a very specific tone with watching these type of horror films but the story is so refreshing they kind of lead you in a direction they're like ah you think you're gonna get it and then maybe you do or maybe you don't but like there's just so many twists and turns and reveals that you didn't expect and i like that this is such an enjoyable film and i watch it every year now ever since i watched it for the first time in 2019, I think it was it was pretty recent. Wow. So I watch it every year now, and the new ones are not as good, but I will always will go back to this one. I enjoy one through four. Um, I don't enjoy them all equally, but I enjoy them all. I think it's kind of funny that they, you know, play into like almost kind of breaking the third wall when they make like the stab movies and like it's like the screen movies. And so... That was kind of a fun element that they played into that. In the first movie, I did really enjoy the beginning scene. And I think what scared people the most is because A, that can really happen. B, that probably has happened. It happens all the time. You know, people getting stalked, people getting murdered, people getting stabbed. And then C, the fact that she died when her parents were literally home. Like they got home. You think you're safe now. Your parents are home. But no, it's like the killer still got you somehow. And, you know, and so that was also like a really scary thing. Like, oh, my God, like she still got killed. I mean, iconic intro scenes for every single one. I feel like Scream modernized the intro scene being like a massive hook. And you're just like expecting somebody to die and how they're going to die. So I like that they did that. And then they broke the that, you know, fourth or did I say third wall before or fourth wall? You, you said third, that's where I knew what you meant. See, See I knew you, yeah, you knew what I meant. You knew what I meant. Okay, so they kind of did break that fourth wall in the, was it the fifth one when she answers the phone and he's like, don't you know about like the beginning kill scene and stuff like that? They're iconic. Scream's iconic. Yeah. They're, I just like, I'd be regretful if I didn't put them on my list or at least have them on there for you to pick before. So I've seen them all. I'll probably still watch any new ones that they may come out with. Even though I'm sure it's not going to be great, the last two were awful for me. I hated them. I won't spoil this for anybody who hasn't seen the newest one, but I did like the intro. The intro is very deceiving. It takes you on two different directions, and I like that. So the rest of the film I did not care for, but I did like that part. All right, what do you have, number six? Okay, number six. I'm going to say I don't think you'll have this one, Rosemary the Baby. No, I don't. I've never seen it. Um, I enjoyed that one. It's a class. I feel like it's another classic. Um, I don't know why. I just enjoy the main character and the way she puts herself together in the movie. She always had the cutest little outfits, the cutest little hairdos. But um, also just um, you know, the whole it kind of gets culty. That's all I'm gonna say. It kind of gets into the culty aspect. This movie, if I'm not mistaken, came out in like mid to late sixties. I think I think it was the seventies. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, mid to late seventies, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been seventy seven or seventy eight. Sixty eight. Oh, okay. Okay. So that makes sense because um the style is leading towards that like late sixties, but then kind of like seventies style. So I have a friend who watched this last week and he told me he's like, dude, I think you would really like this movie. I think you would he's like, like it. I really he's like, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I really think this is up your alley. So I was like, Oh, I know nothing about Rosemary's baby. And then I asked somebody, would you pair this with The Exorcist? And they said, no, I'd pair it with The Omen. That's what they would pair it with. Like if you were to watch two horror films back to back. And I don't know what that means because I haven't seen The Omen, but I, I, I didn't know if you would pair those together. 
I see why they paired it together only because of one element, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. Deal. No spoilers. All right. You left one on the table that I left there deliberately. I was like, I'm going to trust that Natasha won't be grabbing this. And that is A Nightmare on Elm Street, original Wes Craven. I love this film. And I am on my current binge of watching all of them. I'm on the fifth movie right now. And I will say, first one is great. It's so outdated. It's so cheesy. And it is so good. But the second one is booty. The third one is good for 80%. And then it gets booty. And then the third or the fourth one is absolutely terrible. That is my least favorite one so far. And now I'm on the fifth. And I'm not getting good vibes so far. I like paused it 10 minutes in. But I did see that Wes Craven comes back to make the sixth one, which I am very look I'm I'm excited for. So I'm like, oh, Wes Craven's back. So it gives me a little more motivation to to watch them. And I want to say I have to look. What is it called? The one that one specifically? I think it's a new nightmare. Yeah, uh, Wes Craven's a new nightmare. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to say that the that's the one where um you'll see the original girl too. She's in it, and she has a son, and that's the story that you're going to be. What? Okay. All right. So yeah, I enjoyed that one. I did uh, like that one. Is it as great as the first one? Of course not, um, but I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. I got to get through the fifth first and, you know, then we'll get there. All right, what's your last one? Okay, last one. Um, So that was one of my backup ones. I do have, I have three backups that I'm going to have to dig into because you took, you took Jaws off of my list. (laughs) I only had two backups and you took one of the backups. You took Hereditary. So I'm going to go with my other backup, which was The Conjuring. Damn it. <laughs> you, <laughs> took, you took the top of my backup list. I actually purposely, I put Nightmare on Elm Street as a backup just in case. I felt like you were going to choose it because I know you're getting into it right now. It's fresh on your mind. It's fresh in your brain. It is recency bias. It is. So, yes. Um, and I purposely left out screen because I know that you said that that was your favorite as well. So I was like, I know he's going to choose that. Uh, wow. Very nice. Very nice I'm of you. I'm so considerate, right? You are considerate. Like, I don't I don't understand how I get such nice guests to come on this show. But <laughs> wow, uh, I will say before you share your thoughts about The Conjuring, this was my favorite theater experience, period. I went with five of my friends. The theater was scared out of our like we were all scared out of our minds in our seats. Like this was new to us. I felt like The Conjuring broke something in the world of like modern horror films in 2014. It was just so good. I think it broke something with the theater experience with modern horror honestly yeah um i definitely remember the theater vibe i had i saw it twice in theaters and both of those theater vibes were chef's kiss magnificent it was just it's so much better when the theater vibe is with it you know like i don't know how to explain it but i agree theater vibe was awesome everyone was legitimately legitimately scared the intro, I loved it. I loved that they had the ominous music playing while they started showing text that you had to read, saying that this, hey, heads up, this is based on a true story. And so already you're getting spooked out, you know, because you're like, oh, shit, this is real. It happened. It could happen again. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was like the first one that I recognized, like based on a true story. And I was like, oh, oh my God, like this could happen. This is real, you yeah. know? Yeah. I feel like they usually say that in the end as well. Like they'll say this was based on a true story. But this one, it said it gave the whole, you know, background on the warrants, who these people are. And then that this story that you're about to watch was one of their most horrific, you know, incidents. And it's all true. It's all based on a true story. So already you're like, oh, shit, let me fucking 
sit back and get ready then. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just allow this to ruin my life. <laughs> Let me just... <laughs> that is so good. You nailed it though. That's exactly what is set the tone for itself. It said, hey, by the way, we're about to tell you what's about to happen and it's scary as fuck. So be prepared. So great pick. I, damn it. All right. I should have picked it earlier. So I will say I'm debating between um, Saw, which I don't really care for, but I also don't care for many of the other movies on this list. And I'm also debating between The Shining, which I've seen half of, and I, I had to stop halfway through. And I, I was intrigued, Why? but I wasn't fully sucked in. I think I, like we had an event or like a dinner oh, or okay, something. Okay. I thought you stopped it on purpose. No, it wasn't on purpose. It was like I had to go. I think I'm going to pick The Shining. I strictly because like I'm not a like a grunge like bloody horror person like that's not really my style but I do like the psychological thriller kind of aspect where you have to think a lot and it's a little spooky so like Psycho was kind of like that so I'm gonna pick The Shining that will be my final my final movie this it's funny to mention the Saw movies and how you said that I don't know it's like I enjoy them and then I also don't really care for them at the same time if that makes sense. Um, I've seen them all. Um, I guess I relate that more to just like my friends and I. We would have our, you know, movie nights and we would specifically watch the Saw movies because we would just like all be screaming at the TV and yelling and we were so interactive with the movie. But I agree. It's there, you know, it's it's a classic. They're classics, whether, you know, we like it or not. But I will say that if you do enjoy like the whole psychological puzzle thing of like similar to Saw, you should definitely watch Cube. Cube. Help you see I've that. never yeah. no, I've never heard of Cube. It came out before Saw. And so I feel like Saw was maybe inspired in a way. It's not as similar, but it's definitely a good watch. I watched the so there's three. Actually, I think there's four. I think the fourth one is in my watch list, but I'm too scared to watch it because I heard it's not good. You're not scared because you're scared to be scared. You're scared because you just heard it's awful. I it's, like that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I heard it's awful. Exactly. But the first two are really good. Um, so I definitely recommend. I will check out Cube. The Cube? Cube. Just Cube? It's just Cube. Yeah. And then Cube, the second one is just Cube 2. Cube 2. I love it. I love the originality. That's great. I think it even had a Cube squared. It's like, you know. The tiny two, the tiny two in the corner. I think that's how they have it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I will read our list, our final list. So on yours, I have The Exorcist, The Ring, which is your scariest film of all time that you shared, Suspiria, Jaws, Hellraiser, Rosemary's Baby, and The Conjuring. And then on my list, I have Halloween, Psycho, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Hereditary, The Silence of the Lambs, Scream, and The Shining. Those are pretty good lists. I was just going to say, I thought of a movie that you could have added to the list that wasn't on there. Uh, Carrie? Have you seen Carrie? I've not. It did come up on some of the lists that I looked at. I feel like, yeah, that's a classic. I mean, only because of the iconic bucket, blood bucket scene. That's such an iconic Halloween scene, I feel like, in general. Would you put it over any of the movies you have? Or would you put any of mine over some of the movies that you have? Or do you feel pretty content? Do you feel like you got what you needed? Yeah, I feel pretty content. The Shining is the only one that I, I'm not fully sold on. I think I'm hoping others might be, but I'm not fully sold on it quite yet. Those are good lists. Those are good lists. We'll see what we'll see what people think. I'll post these lists on uh, social media. We'll get a vote. We'll get a vote for the best. Oh, true, list. true, true. 
Yeah, we'll see like if we're missing anything. Exactly, because that might be the case. People might be like, why didn't you put Evil Dead on there? Why didn't you know? Oh, why there's didn't... another one, Evil Dead. Yeah, the I original 20 films. Evil Dead. I have 20 films, you know. I What do you want from me? <laughs> well, Spencer, you should have done 30. I should have done 50. I should have done 75. We should be drafting 30 of these each. You're the one who failed, not the movies. I act like I don't make this thing, you know. I don't have control over it. All right, last question that I have for you. Because you've been so fucking great. Like, thank you for joining. This has been so fun talking with somebody who's a true massive horror fan. You and Evan have been like the only just like pure horror people that I've talked to in a long time in regards to just like so many films that you love and that you've seen. So on your list or my list, would you like to see a remake, even if there have been some of any of the movies that are listed there? I would like to see a remake of Rosemary's Baby. I, that one fits for your list. Like the, uh, looking at your list, that's the one that I'm like, I think people would be intrigued by that. Yeah, I was looking. Um, the Ring is already a remake. They're already re- remaking The Exorcist. Suspiria is already remade. Jaws, um, I don't think that would be a good remake. Um, it's just another shark movie. People are over it. Jaws is just surviving because it's purely the classic. That's it. And then Hereditary, there's no need to. Oh, wait, you did that. The Conjuring, sorry. The Conjuring, there's no need to remake that. So, um, but I truly do, even if it was out of the entire list, I would still pick Rosemary's Baby. I feel like that would be a good one to remake. They can do a lot with it, I feel. You know, I think between both of our lists, I would choose the same thing because I don't see anything on my list. Like Psycho, they did American Psycho, which I like that they did not do a direct remake. It was just kind of like a, it was like an inspired movie, you know, inspired by the story of Psycho. And so I like that it was different. I don't want to see that one remade. And that's the only one that really hasn't been remade or doesn't have like a million sequels attached to it. The Shining has a sequel that came out a couple of years ago. So yeah, I would say Rosemary's Baby. I think that's good. Any last comments, feedback? We're in, we're in spooky season. Anything that you think people are just, they have to do? Any last maybe words of advice to any of the horror fans or who are a little scared to dip their toes? A little scared to dip their toes. I don't know. <laughs> Stop being lame. I don't know. What to tell. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, there are people out there that can't watch the movies, but they can do like the in-person spooky things. And then there are people that are vice versa. You're saying try one? Try either the in-person thing or try the like the movie thing? I mean, honestly, like I know a bunch of people who just cannot watch scary movies, but they'll go to an event like Halloween Horror Nights, like no issue, you know, and then there are people who watch horror movies and then there they would rather not go to, you know, those kind of things. I used to be one of those people where I could not step foot into like a haunted house because I was way too fucking chicken. But now, I mean, I'll go in it, but someone has to be with me, but I'll go. <laughs> You're like, I'm still chicken. It doesn't take that away, but I'm I'm going to go. I'll go. Someone's got to be, you know, next to me, but I'll go in. I think it's great feedback. I'd say try one or try both at least and say, do I do I vibe with one or the other? And honestly, there is a third option. There's like pumpkin patches and Yeah, a typical October. I would say the things you should do in October, I say you would at least have to go to some sort of spooky night, Halloween horror nights, not scary farm, maybe even a trick or treat spooky night at Disney. You gotta do one of those things. You gotta at least go to a pumpkin patch at least once. Get a pumpkin, carve at least one pumpkin. You have to do that too. Do you have to get a pumpkin spice latte? Is that like a must? I actually have never had a pumpkin spice latte. Have you had pumpkin spice anything? No, not really. <laughs> no. 
Okay. All right. I love I love pumpkin pie. I think you would like it then. Either one. Whether you don't like coffee, you could go with the chai route, get like a pumpkin spice chai. Or if you like the coffee route, go get a pumpkin spice latte. Honestly, I might sound like a, you know, basic bitch, but they're good. They're tasty. No, I mean, who cares? If you like it, do it. I agree. I agree. Those are good though. I'd say, yeah, you said something spooky outdoors, you know, pumpkin patch, get a pumpkin, you know, try some fall treats. Just like, I, I feel like getting in the mode, like just that makes it enjoyable. Watch one of these three movies, Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus, or... The Conjuring. <laughs> you have to watch one of those three movies. Hocus Pocus, Halloween, Halloween Town, Town the and The Conjuring. Yep, you have to choose. Like, and that, that's going to be another poll that I'm going to put on social media is like, which one of these would be a safe, comfortable... What's your comfort horror movie? Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus, or The Conjuring? I should have put one of those on this list. Mine is actually Midsommar. Oh, did I mention that? I think I did. Yeah, Midsommar is my for sure comfort movie. I don't know how you do that, but you do. Um, I do it. I know. People think I'm so weird. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people listening to this that either don't like horror movies and they're kind of intrigued by it or they love horror movies and they're like, you guys forgot this, but I, you know, I agree with this or disagree. These are fun because they're niche conversations. There's such a like cult audience with like horror and also with comedies and like just like the strict genre of of movies. So this is great. So anybody currently listening still, you know, we're an hour and a half in. So I appreciate you listening, whoever is still on. But thank you. Thank you for supporting Natasha and I talking about horror movies and being obsessed over delving into the classics, but also enjoying the new ones. If you like horror films, let us know which ones we missed, which ones you enjoyed us talking about, which ones you love, what would be on your list. And whether it's next week or next month or next year, I'm hoping it's next week. Whenever we'll be back, um, I'll appreciate you listening in again. So till next time, peace. <laughs>